This episode of the Best Seats Podcast is brought to you by, well, you. To learn how you can support the show, go to thebestseats.com slash Patreon. Once there, you'll learn how you can get early access to shows, ad-free listening, the ability to submit questions, comments, concerns, and more. Once again, that's thebestseats.com slash Patreon. But enough of that. On to the show. What's up, everybody? Hello, and welcome to the first ever episode 63 of the Best Seats Podcast, the only podcast bringing you interviews with some of the most talented people in and around the hospitality community from right here in Orange County, California, to the rest of Southern California and beyond each and every episode. I am your host, Croft McCarthy, founder of The Best Seats. As always, Thank you to my friend, Allie Coyle, who provides the music for the show. You can check out her work at AllieCoyleMusic.com. And depending on when you're listening to this, make sure you check out the fact that she is now doing live shows. Um, Again, depending on when you're hearing this, you may have missed them. They may be upcoming, but definitely check her schedule and let yourself check that music out. Because again, you think it's good on the show? Wait till you see it in person. Um, As a reminder... You can get early ad-free listening as well as the ability to submit questions, comments, concerns, and more by going to patreon.com forward slash the best seats and signing up at a monthly amount that makes the most sense to you. I would also appreciate it depending on where you're listening to this. If you leave a rating and or a review, it helps other folks discover the show. And don't forget, you can go to thebestseats.com for more content just like this. Episode 63 is a fun one. Uh, first ever food truck. We are sitting down with the wildly popular team behind Hammerburger. Kevin Hammonds and Curtis Sheets. Now, if you're not familiar with Hammonburger, Hammerburger, who see that's going to, it's going to be a tricky one with Hammond and Hammer, you need to definitely check them out. Um, obviously, as you guys always know, the social media stuff, the link is in the details for the show. So click through and check them out if you're unfamiliar with them. You can check out their website, their Instagram, everything else. But basically, this started as so many other things did during the initial shutdowns of 2020 as a hobby, as a way to stay busy, as a way to make food and entertain friends when restaurants were closed and nobody could do stuff. It started life as a pop-up and it got really popular really, really, really quick to the point where earlier in this year, a truck was acquired. They have been popping up uh, that truck all over a bunch of different breweries And just been gaining a ton of traction and momentum very, 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 very quickly. If you're in the Orange County area and you've been out at any of the breweries up in Costa Mesa, north up in Anaheim, anything like that. And again, at the time of this recording, when this episode releases, it'll be their first week getting down into San Clemente. I think they set up at Lost Winds. Again, they hadn't announced fully at the time when we recorded the interview. They have since. Um, So depending on when you're hearing this, you can definitely have that on your calendar. But it's just damn good. It's really good food. They're not doing a bunch of frills or trying to do anything fancy. They're just making something that is really, really delicious. They're keeping it simple, and they're doing it with a lot of passion and honesty, and they're really good guys to boot. So we sit down to talk about the relationships kind of between, you know, breweries and food trucks. Why do they go hand in hand? What is it like not just to start a business, but a food truck during these past couple months? And how did this thing go from a simple pop-up to one of the most popular trucks in Orange County? And I would argue probably around South County. Obviously, LA's got the stranglehold on great food trucks. We all know that. We give a shout out to some of those chefs who really laid the groundwork for that. But here in Orange County, Hamburger has shot up really, really quickly. So, 
I hope you find some time to check them out. But before you do, make sure you enjoy episode 63 of the Best Seats podcast featuring Kevin Hammond and Curtis Sheets of Hammerburger. Enjoy. Boys, I'm super excited to sit down. Um, first of all, shout out to Radiant Beer Co. for letting us use their space to record this one because whereas most guests, chefs, kind of owners that I talk to, we either go to their restaurant or something like that to talk. You guys are the first food truck that I've had on. And cool. I think recording in that Ooh. would make that a little bit small. Uh, before we dive into what we want to talk about, though, and dive into Hammerburger and everything else, would you guys both mind introducing yourselves, giving a little bit of your background and, and kind of how you came to be with Hammerburger? Uh, sure. My name is Kevin Hammonds. I'm uh, a founder, I guess. Um, my background is actually in brewing. So uh, I've been brewing professionally for, or I was before this, for about 12 years. Um, Hammerburger just kind of started off as a, a backyard fun thing to do with my friends. And uh, here we are, about a year later. And I'm uh, Curtis Sheets, and uh, I met Kevin through the last brewer that he was working at. And um, my background is actually culinary. I went to culinary school and been in and out of the kitchen for 20 years now. Um, the last 10, I was more on the beer side, front, front of house, working for uh, larger breweries. And then I uh, went to more of a smaller one. And, and uh, luckily, I got hooked up with Kevin. We kind of sat over, over a beer one day, looking at his menu, discussing things. And one thing led to another. And now we're kindred spirits. It's pretty awesome. You mentioned that Hammerburger is going on about a year, give or take. I remember shutdown 2020, everybody was kind of doing whatever they could to stay busy. I remember when Hammerburger first kind of quote unquote emerged, you were doing basically drive throughs in your neighborhood for kind of right. a lack of a better way to describe it. People would sign up online, come through, the order would be ready, et cetera. From kind of doing just a backyard thing, because we'll talk about the burgers themselves in a sec. What, what prompted this? I mean, what, what kind of fueled the fire to develop this and, and how did it go from the backyard concept to where you're at now with a full-fledged truck? Um, I'll say that was never the plan. <laughs> we never really had a plan for it. Uh, we just enjoyed making burgers for friends. Uh, everyone thought this was super unique for the area. There's a few places in LA doing similar kind of thing. Nothing, I don't think exactly the same, but um, smash burger style, we'll just say. Um, but there was nothing really in Orange County. So we just kind of thought, I think there could be a market for this. Um, and I'd actually seen what Danny and Heritage was doing, doing pop-ups at breweries and um, then going to the brick and mortar. Um, I just thought, you know what? I think it's a good way to, to burn one or two weekends a month. Just I've got connections with breweries. I can just make burgers there. Mm -hmm. uh, so we started doing kind of like test pop-ups at my house for like three or four times over the course of a couple months just to try to kind of dial in like recipes for sauces and pickles and things like that. And then... Uh, right when I was planning on starting to do the pop-ups was when COVID hit and everything shut down. And I thought, well, there goes that idea. Screw it. This was fun, <laughs> but I have a job. I don't really need to do this. Um, but it was uh, looking online, seeing all the places kind of doing the, the uh, to-go online ordering thing. thought, well, I guess I could just try that instead. So I would just sell up tickets on Instagram for pickup times and people would just come to my house and grab the burgers. Did the, I remember watching, I connected with you, I want to say at one of the events that Heritage did during the shutdown um, around that time. Again, time is sort of a blur when you look back right. at 2020 in that part. It's the longest, shortest year in history. Yeah, exactly. March has never been longer. Were you surprised by the initial 
success and then kind of subsequent demand? Because I remember watching the first time you did it and, you know, everybody says that food friends are kind of the best friends to have. And I had a lot of friends that went and they got burgers and they drove up and it just seemed like, oh shit, like this is going to be big. Yeah, it was, it was pretty immediate. We were selling out within, um, you know, an hour the first time and then it was within 30 minutes the second time. I kept trying to do more and more. Um, people were like, when's the next one? When's the next one? When's the next one? I was trying to do them to do them like once a month. Uh, just for fun, but then it just immediately kind of was like, all right, I have to, I can't keep up with this. I have to start doing this more and more often. Uh, and I just still kept going crazy. So it was pretty cool to see just, I don't, didn't know who any of these people were, or how they found out about it. I just randomly started an Instagram account for it. And, you know, next thing we knew, hundreds of people were coming by every weekend. When did it transition from basically kind of popping up on the front yard to getting the truck and actually getting all that going? So that's actually kind of how Curtis and I got together with this is um, I just kind of wanted to do it, like I said, once or twice a month at a brewery, whatever. Um, before I even had a chance to get that going, Danny from Heritage reached out to me and said, hey, you know, we have the uh, Capistrano Brewings connected to us. They want to stay open late with COVID restrictions. We have to serve food for them to be open. I just want to serve barbecue till we're sold out. So once the restaurant opens, do you want to run Saturday and Sundays for dinner at Heritage? And I said, uh, I don't know if I, if I can do seven days a week working full time and doing Saturday, Sunday with you, but we can try to do Sundays. Um, and then I quickly was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I talked to Curtis and he was like, I can help you out. You know, I have experience. So it's like I never worked in a kitchen. I don't, you know, this was just yeah. this was taking off a little bit quicker than we expected it to. And and I was like, are you kidding me? We can freelance and work with Heritage. That's for me, that's a dream come true because um, I come from like the Whole Foods world and so does um, a couple of his guys, including Danny over at Heritage. So watching them uh, get to the point where they were and having to cut our teeth in, you know, in the same playground, so to speak. And I was like, the dream come true. And then honestly, um, sitting down with Kevin and, and hashing all this out, it was a no brainer because I knew the product was unbelievable. And for me, I'm just like, how much time do you need for me? Like I will give you everything to make this work with you. And, uh, it's just been gangbuster since we've yeah. just, it's been a, you know, it's been great because we've had a lot of, um, fans and a lot of followers at this point. And for Kevin and I, it's just like, we can't believe it. But now we're starting to coin, you know, the idea of it being like a hammer effect because wherever we show up, we're bringing people and people support us. And it's it's a beautiful thing. And we're so grateful and humbled by it. It's just it's it's awesome. Before we continue to talk about Hammerburger and the success of the truck and some of the other things, I want to ask you both who hurt you? Because there's smash burgers and then there's Hammerburger. You guys flattened the shit out of these things and they're so delicious and it's so freaking good what you do. But how did this I, I, why? Why? Why are you smashing them to the point of like paper thin? Where did this all come from? So no one else is doing it. <laughs> Why not, right? Uh, the inspiration was all just from watching George Motes on uh, TV or on YouTube and his uh, movie in the book. Um, but I mean, we kind of just, I watch different things and see the Lacey Edge burger or mm -hmm. the fried onion burger and those kind of things and thought, I'll just, you know, kind of combine bits and Deep pieces wolf. of what I want to yeah. do and just take little pieces of that and then come up with a pickle recipe that I thought would work well with the flavor of the meat and the cheese. And it was all just kind of, you know, just making sure everything worked together. And I thought the, the flatter we smashed the burgers over time and the crispier they got, the more unique it was. And 
uh, frankly, the more delicious it was. So, yeah, uh, it, hey, it, we're on to something here. Let's just keep keep going with it. And it's transitioned to when we first were smashing, it wasn't as lacy. But now just with practice and technique, it's really become our trademark is, you know, if we can get a vertical burger, <laughs> that's a good day. <laughs> And then if it drips and gets all over your arm as you hold it, that's even better. Yeah. See, now you're just talking dirty. See, <laughs> and again, I should mention for anybody listening, obviously social media tags are in the credits. Pause real quick. Go look at it and understand what they mean by lacy because they're burgers, but they're not. But they're just, they're freaking magical. Like they're wonderful what you guys do. And obviously kind of evolving now. I mean, what other type of menu items are you guys adding to the truck and, and kind of what are some of the hopes? For that menu to evolve or manipulate the burger anymore or is it just constantly doing that one thing better and better well we've got some fun you know secret menu items that we probably can talk about today we have like an inverted burger basically where we flip the the bun and we do kind of like a flatty melt we like to call it that was inspired by somebody telling us that our burger was too flat so we're like okay how can we make this flat and crazy delicious at the same time um, you can also get our uh, version of a, a crazy fry. It's called our hammer fry. And uh, you can get two patties smashed on top of a large fry with all the fixings that you would normally find on a burger with an extra sauce as well. I highly suggest the chipotle. And um, you can also get, um, what am I forgetting? That's pretty much it. It's, for the it's, well, it's that stuff, secret that people we, will have to come and find out. We, I think also the fun thing that we like to do is we like to collab with other uh, trucks and other, you know, local, you know, eateries and vendors. Uh, we've done something, well, Kevin could probably talk about it, but we've done something with Focaccia Boy in the past where we did a mm -hmm. pizza burger that went over like crazy. Uh, we recently did a bratwurst for Oktoberfest here at Radiant that went over really well. And we were surprised by how easily that went for us. So there's a lot of things down the line too that we're we're hoping to expand our menu and keep our fans and and new newcomers on their toes. You guys are not the first people to be on the show that launched a business during COVID, but everybody else, you know, FKN, Mayfield, you know, ironically both in San Juan, you guys are the first food truck. What were some of the challenges that you guys faced kind of launching it during with everything going on, getting the business going and then also finding locations when depending on when you launched it? Certain things were open, certain things were not. Maybe they couldn't have a truck or maybe they could. I mean, explain some of the logistics of getting Hamburger, quite literally, no pun intended, rolling. So uh, we actually wanted to get the food truck a little bit earlier, but um, things just kept getting shut down over and over again. And Pushback. Um, it just didn't seem smart to make any kind of investment into something that wasn't going to actually be able to happen. So uh, we kind of waited it out until um, March, April this year to actually start the truck. Um, really it was just, we didn't have anything lined up to do a brick and mortar yet. And we were doing every weekend, two, three days a weekend, sometimes of pop-ups and it was still, we weren't meeting demand. People were asking us to go here or there and we were dragging equipment around and I was still working or we were all working full time still trying to run it. And so it was like, we can only do Saturday, Sunday or like Friday night, Saturday, Sunday. Um, so how do we keep, keep this rolling? Uh, no, without, without being gypsies, about without yeah. killing ourselves. Um, so we thought, Hey, a food truck seems like the next logical step. So instead of having to prep at our house and drag the stuff around and, um, frankly, the whole pop-up thing's not, you know, on the up and up yeah, legal wise. So you're a putting a tough. little bit of a risk on yourself doing that. So mm -hmm. we thought, you know, what, let's just take this to the next level. Um, 
and the food truck was it. It just seemed to make sense for us. Um, the connections we have with breweries to get into great spots on great days worked out. It was, uh, there was the food requirement when we started. It was some places weren't even open and the ones that were open, you had to buy food through the brewery. They had to give you a voucher to come to the truck and it was a nightmare. Um, but, but it also gave us an opportunity to have spots to park. Yeah. Because they were just as desperate as we were, so to speak. Yeah, there weren't a lot of other food trucks coming back up again yet. And as breweries opened, they were just needed anybody to come there to serve food. So Yeah. We also got really good advice from the people that we asked to uh, with food trucks. Um, they were saying, you know, rent or lease, do not buy. So we were able to hook up with a great guy, uh, Arafat in Irvine with the international catering company. And uh, we've got a great truck through him and he's been a godsend through this process as well. Shout out to Arafat. You guys both have done time in breweries. Like you said, you were working full time, obviously with, you know, different breweries and just out of respect for Radiant, we don't need to name names or anything like that since they're being nice enough to host us. But I want to talk about the relationship between breweries and food trucks. Because unless a brewery has its own food program, I mean, this is about as synonymous as peanut butter and jelly. Exactly. Why do breweries and food trucks just work? At least from you guys' both kind of perspective and experience. That's a good question. I mean, I guess when you're drinking, you definitely want to eat something. Yeah, it's always good to lay your foundation. Stomach. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, that's where my head goes. It's like simple science. If, if the customer wants to keep staying there, they need food, right? And they need good programming, right? Or good uh, conversation. But if they got the food, it's going to keep them there. The brewery loves it because with the food there and like us, we're serving something salty and sometimes sweet. It's going to encourage them to get that extra beer or maybe a second beer because they've got to wash down the great food that we're providing. So it's a great synergy. Yeah, instead of the brewery being the place you go to before dinner or after dinner, it could be the place you go to for dinner now. So yeah, it kind of opens up a whole new possibility for them. And especially with the wash of great breweries and, and countless, I mean, shit, it seems like every day almost somebody is either kind of rebranding or opening up something new. Mm-hmm. I mean, having that kind of wealth of opportunities, what's it like to be able to have something so new but to still have that instant cachet, like you said, initially with the pop-ups, you're selling that in an hour, to be able to come to a brewery and be like, hey, we're Hamburger, we have this, we know our people are gonna come to us, you know, can we, can we set up here? What's it like to be on the other side of things, from going from working in the brewery to now bringing the food to it? I mean, uh, from my point of view, I, I was having a hard time trying to book trucks and then trying to keep them with food tra- traffic. So I think from Kevin and I's uh, point of view, it, it hasn't been easy. Not every brewery we've been to, we've been able to just generate a bunch of foot traffic and mm-hmm. a lot of people. So we've been able to kind of scope out great areas in Orange County that work really well with foot traffic, fan base, um, and the competition really with other food trucks or not competition with food trucks, but more of like well-established brick and mortar. So yeah. we're more or less scouting as well. So it's a good opportunity for us just to get a feel for what market works well in Orange County. Because ultimately, that's, that's our goal. Yeah, we're trying to keep it, um, I guess, similar to how a brick and mortar would operate and have a set location since we don't, can't go to the same spot every single day, mm-hmm. all day long. Um, it wouldn't make any sense, really, as a food truck. Uh, having, like, dedicated days of the week at dedicated breweries was what made sense for us. People knew where to find us. Yeah. Um, so it was just kind of a matter of figuring out what cities, on what days, and what areas, and what time, and... And uh, so we kind of got a, a the schedule. schedule without shocking people. Yeah. yeah. Our number one goal from the very beginning was to 
not bail on breweries. If it's slow there, we don't just leave, you know. We'll stay uh, through we the shift. We like it. We, we're integ- we have integrity, right? Yeah. There's been, I think, two shifts. Our generator wouldn't work legitimately. We had to, <laughs> had to cancel, but um, that's something that it seems like breweries deal with on a week-to-week basis. So having food trucks cancel for various reasons. So we thought, like, let's be the uh, opposite. The yeah. exception to that rule, yeah. You mentioned something. You talk about fans. And, you know, trucks are obviously mobile. They move around. A restaurant, you know where it is. You know where you're going to go. Maybe that's your date night spot. Maybe it's your backyard drinking hole. You know, whatever it is. Trucks are mobile. You got to seek them out. You guys do have fans and you have a lot of fans and very, very dedicated fans. The number one thing that most restaurants are dealing with right now is the return of customers. And with that means the return of the entitled customer, the asshole customer, the Yelper. You know, no offense to my three or four friends who were good, but you're heavily outnumbered. <laughs> You guys do have fans. What's your customer experience like? I mean, you're going to get new people, obviously, every time. You're going to show up and someone's not going to know who you are. But you do have people that are very, very loyal. What is your customer experience, generally speaking, different from as opposed to kind of your, like you said, brick and mortar? We have a lot of fun, right? Uh, Yeah, we've had pretty good luck so far with customers. I mean, everyone's been great. Uh, We've had a a couple, maybe two people I can think of that... um, had We're said frustrated. some kind of rude things to us after yeah. being frustrated. Um, wait times, frankly, used to be longer than we would like before we kind of got things dialed in on the truck. And yeah. um, what people might not wait longer than 25 or 30 minutes now when at, we're at our absolute busiest, it could take over an hour before. Uh, we were always up front and just say, hey, we're just really sorry. We're slammed, but uh, we're trying to get food out as fast as we can. And sometimes people just couldn't handle that. But um, our things always just been customer service first. We're overly nice to everybody from the moment they show up, um, letting them know what to expect and being apologetic if it's not, you know, an ideal circumstance and um, people just kind of seem to get it. Maybe it's because we're a truck and not a restaurant or that we're at a brewery or whatever it is, but um, people seem to maybe give us more slack than a restaurant. And, you know, with with Kevin's background and and with my front house experience, we're not your typical, like, line cooks. Like, we really are compassionate and love talking to people. Like when somebody comes up to our order or our pickup window and want to give us an extra couple of minutes and talk to us about this or that, it could be about sports or it could be about what we're doing on the truck. We don't blow them off. We, yeah. we love that um, energy that we get from, from those conversations. It, it's what motivates us. It charges our batteries. Yeah. We've got a lot of, a lot of great regulars that have conversations with us every time they come up or we talk, you know, through Instagram or whatever it is. So, uh, it's been pretty fun. Oh, we also do a kind of a fun thing on Instagram since you brought that up. We do a sock check wherever we like to, we wear shorts because it gets hot on the truck. And so we're always wearing goofy socks. Like if you went to private school, that's the only thing you can get away with. <laughs> um, so, although we, I think we both went to public school <laughs> anyways. Uh, so we do a, what we call a hashtag sock check and we're always competing the three or four of us on the truck as far as who's got the best, best socks that day. So. So yeah, look out for those on Instagram and let us know who you think won. <laughs> I love that. Uh, you mentioned that because you're a truck and not a brick and mortar, maybe the expectation is a little lower and maybe you can get away with a longer ticket time or, or something like that. You know, this is a very small community here in, in kind of, you know, we're recording this Orange County. Obviously, this podcast goes Southern California and beyond, but this is an Orange County based food truck, at least for now, as it continues to expand and get busier. It's a very small community. Everybody knows each other. Is there any sense of, relief or an advantage that you can have that kind of relaxed assumption from people when they look and they, they don't have some of those expectations they do of a restaurant? 
with everything being so stressed right now, with everybody kind of being short-staffed, et cetera, is there any kind of sense of relief of, you know, ooh, may, yeah, maybe it's a 45-minute wait for the burger, but at least we don't have to deal with some of the other stuff that other people do? I mean, 45 minutes is harsh at this point. We really try not to go over 20 minutes. Worst case scenario. Worst case scenario. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, no, I mean, uh, we get a great response from our customers, but more importantly, we get a great response with the employees that we work with, the breweries. Like, they are very good at kind of preaching what we're trying to get across as far as, like, our product and who we are as, uh, as a company. And as, and as, as well as, like, if, if they might overhear, like, oh, man, I'm having to wait for a while, they're going to chime in and be like, well, it's worth the wait. Because, you know, we love to feed the employees at whatever breweries we're at or whatever situation we're at. And, um, it, again, it's all about kind of making sure everybody's comfortable with each other because we're all in the same fight. Mm -hmm. And I think so we get a great response from both the employees at the breweries as well as the customers because <laughs> when you're going out these days, you, you're not looking. I'm hoping you're not looking for a fight. You're looking just to relax. Yeah. Especially at a brewery. Yeah, I think uh, well, we definitely don't want to use the truck as an excuse for any shortcomings that or, uh, you know, whatever. But uh, I think, you know, we have a, a smaller staff. There's less that can go wrong there. Um, you know, we don't have to deal with people sitting at tables, having table service and having a drink program or anything like that. So there's just less variables, I think, that can go wrong. We have a really limited menu on purpose because we're trying to kind of build a brand recognition for mm -hmm. the, the type of burger that we're doing. We don't want people coming in and ordering a chicken sandwich yet, eventually. But uh, for right now, we want people to, to try this burger that we are passionate about and we want to kind of spread around. So um, that also, I think, helps is just there's limited mods that are optional, are available to, to change. There's limited, you know, things that can go wrong, essentially, with just a, such a limited menu and limited staff. Yeah. And we're kind of stepping into a market that's been established for at least 10 years now with the synergy, uh, the relationships between breweries and food trucks. So I feel like a lot of patrons are accustomed to it at this point. They're more or less trained on knowing that a food truck's going to take 10 minutes away in line and maybe 20 minutes for them to get their food. So, yeah, it's going to be about half an hour. Yeah. That's a great call. You do have customers that are used to a certain aspect. That's right. a really great call. Um, was there well, it's time for a little commercial. Yeah. I don't know about you, but 2020 had me re-looking at how I live and the space that I live in. Spending so much time at home really had me reevaluating how certain things worked and didn't in my living space. One of the main things, as an avid home cook and an obvious supporter of restaurants, was gardening. Anybody who enjoys food at all will be able to tell you that something you've grown yourself will taste infinitely better than anything you can buy at a store. That's where Ashley Irene of Heirloom Potage comes in. Heirloom Potage designs, installs, and maintains seasonal culinary gardens for chefs and foodies in Orange County. They provide organic gardening methods and bespoke build-outs used to preserve the heirloom varietals that they'll provide for seeds. An approachable and exciting endeavor, no matter if you're a seasoned restaurateur or a stay-at-home chef. Owner Ashley Irene's experience, expertise, and enthusiasm is only matched by her professionalism. For more information on how you can set up a consultation to get your own culinary garden space set up, go to heirloompotage.com. That's heirloom, H-E-I-R-L-O-O-M, potage, P-O-T-A-G-E-R. Dot com today. Once again, that's heirloompotage.com. If you listen to the best seats at all or read the content, then you know the motto, live well and often. But what does it mean? In layman's terms, it's trying to give you the best products 
places, experiences, and more, so you can put a big smile on your face every single day. Amass Botanics is what I use on my back bar constantly if I need a cocktail or a quick pick-me-up. Any of their other botanical products, like candles, hand sanitizer, and more, also helps to set the mood. Now, I'm a big fan of everything that Amass does. I have been since day one when they launched their trademark gin, and everything they've done since then has been nothing short of excellent. Now you can get your hands on their products at a discounted rate by going to amass.com and using the discount code THEBESTSEATS15, that's C-E-A-T-S, at checkout. Now it's limited one per customer, so make sure you load up. But trust me, you can't go wrong with anything they're doing. I stand by Amass 100%. They're one of my go-to brands for spirits needs or anything around the house. So again, go to amass.com, that's A-M-A-S-S, and use the code THEBESTSEATS15 at checkout. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. Great call. Um, was there any surprise that you've gotten to this point so quickly? I mean, I would argue you guys are easily one of the most popular, if not one of the most successful. I mean, food trucks, everybody, everybody talked about save restaurants, right? And then it was a little bit of save bars. We were focused on restaurants. We kind of forgot about bars. Nobody said save food trucks. I mean, there was no kind of aspect about that. So now that you're in one, and, has, and music venues, by the way. I don't know about you guys, also but true. I was very worried about that. Which <laughs> is completely fair. And I, I know at least two of but my I friends know listening. But yeah. I know where you're getting from. I'm like, the whole just uh, customer experience was threatened this last year. It was very scary. Yeah. Is there any, is there any solace kind of knowing that, man, we, we arrived kind of this quickly. All we can do from here is our best. Hope it continues to grow. Luckily, it's, it's a truck and not a brick and mortar. You don't have to worry about some of the overheads, like you said. I mean, what are some of the challenges that you guys do face as either in kind of in simpatico with a regular restaurant or different than a restaurant? I mean, obviously, I'm assuming gas prices probably aren't your best friend. But. Gas prices definitely hurt a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of limited why we've kind of stayed in central and northern Orange County because we like to be about 20, 25 minutes from where we had to park the truck. But um, I mean... But I'll let Kevin expand on that. But yeah, definitely uh, distance has been one tra- trouble. Yeah, yeah. I mean the the overhead is still there. I mean, it's, I'm sure it's cheaper than a restaurant, but it's it's not real cheap to operate. Um, so I don't know. I think it's just uh, the option to be able to kind of move around helps us, but that also screws us when we can't get somewhere because we have transmission problems or generator problems or whatever there is. So I guess there's. Um, not necessarily more things that can go wrong, just different things. Yeah. We've already almost gotten the gambit of like different things that can go wrong with the truck. So even though it's all been, a learning experience, even though it's been close to seven months, it's, we've had our own boot camp this summer, especially with some of the, the really hot days lately. Yeah. I should, again, once again, thank you to radiant because right now we're in Anaheim recording this and it's about 6,400 degrees outside. <laughs> so I'm super, super happy that we're inside being able to record this episode. Um, everybody learned a lot from 2020, whether they wanted to or not. Was there any, you know, you guys said that you were new at this, obviously you know, you've got front of house experience and, and chef experience, but you know, coming from breweries and things like that. Was there anything that you guys picked up in those early days of the kind of quote unquote pop-up that you've taken to the truck and have seen kind of benefit, whether it was a lesson learned from 2020 or some kind of adversity you had to face? Because I mean, things have, relatively speaking, only gotten easier as far as lockdowns are lifted and restrictions have kind of ended. So is there anything that you brought to Hammerburger? 
from those kind of early days that have been beneficial to the business? Patience and customer service. Those would be the two things that just jump out right in, the, in my head. Patience with whether it's the weather or the situation that we're in. And then at the end of the day, like if, if you treat somebody right with good customer service, they're going to enjoy the, the whole scenario, the food, the experience, and the people that are trying to provide them that experience. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we started just really going over the top with good customer service because it's coming from our heart in a good place. And that definitely has transitioned to the truck. And I think that's why we've really kind of keep bringing people back. Yeah, I mean, that's why we're doing this. It's not because we like sweating over a <laughs> 500 degree griddle. It's because we want to provide a thing that we think makes people happy. We want to see them be happy. So there, there were days where that truck got out over a hundred degrees because we have a, like a thermometer on the wall that is accurate. And it would tell us like one Oh two. And we're like yeah, on, on the cooler end of the truck. <laughs> that's why Not, you don't, that's why you don't see a lot of food trucks in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As things continue to emerge and, and kind of, you know, hamburger grows, you guys are only going to get more popular. I stand by that. But for people that are listening that may be like, what the fuck is hamburger. Can you guys walk somebody through exactly what a hamburger is in the process of getting it from, you know, packaging to griddle to container to customer? Sure. So I, I think probably every single little tiny step of the way has been meticulously thought out. So the meat is from West Coast Prime Meats. It's an Angus blend, a special blend that's a very high-end product. Uh, so it starts there. Um, we bring in Martin's potato rolls, which are the best burger buns on the planet. And then we make our own pickles in-house. We make our own burger sauce in-house. They're both specially kind of formulated to just work together with the burger perfectly. So we take that. Uh, we do two and a half ounce balls of meat. We use two for the hammer burger. They're smashed super thin, like we talked about, almost like smeared into the griddle. Yep. So we get a nice lacy. Some of the fat renders out and actually kind of leaves holes. It looks like lace. Um, we have a little special butter blend that we use with it and a special salt and pepper blend that we use on it. Um, American cheese. That's kind of the only one thing that's thought out, but seems yeah. kind of thrown together. But just the way American cheese melts on a burger is kind of not comparable to anything the way else. It should so. be. Yep. Yeah, there's not a lot of argument you're going to get from me on that one at all. So we slap those together with the pickles and the sauce on the bun, and it's, uh, that's it. It's a very simple product. Oh, we actually use, sorry, shaved onions on there, too. I almost skipped over that. So we shave onions real thin. Uh, we put those in the patty when we smash it on there. So when it's flipped, it's cooked in the, in the grease of the burger and then the butter that's on there. kind of caramelizes, um, but it's different than like a caramelized onion that normally would be thrown yeah. on a burger. Can, my favorite part is that part. When, when I ha- see the onions dance in the fat of the beef, it's magic. Cause I, it, and that happens even before I flip it. So once I flip it, it's just like, ah, that sear is just magic. Yeah, they're on top essentially kind of steaming and getting cooked in the, in the fat and just the steam of the, of the beef cooking. And then when it's flipped, it just, they really be kind of become one. The, the onions season the meat and the meat seasons the onions. And some people are like, I don't like onions. You're like, ah, you, you should try you, this. You though. Just, it's different. Uh, so yeah, that's all. I'm just, that's it. And then we do, um, for people that don't like all that, we do a plain single. It's just one single patty. It's kind of a, a snack or a kid's meal thing. And then we also do a, a grilled cheese on the same Martin's potato rolls. We just turn them inside out. Same way we do for the uh, flatty melt. 
all this talk about cooking onions and, and fat. There's somebody who's going to be listening to this episode in their car and they've pulled over to the side of the road to have a cigarette. It's <laughs> so good. I know the feeling. <laughs> um, you mentioned that this is all meticulously thought out. It's well designed. It's delicious and successful for a reason. But you also talked about kind of where it started from doing this kind of at home, you know, which led to the pop-up, which led to where we are now sitting at this table talking about it, you know, many months later. When did you first, you know, start cooking a burger at home and just either just take your day out on the thing or whatever and just smash it into oblivion and you were like, oh, I got something here. When, like, when was the first hammered burger? Um, probably about two years ago. Um, like I said, it was after watching George Motes and all on the videos online. I was like... I can't get these here. Like I've never seen this before. I've got to, it looks amazing. It sounds like it's going to be really good. I got to try it. And the only way to do it is just to do it myself. So, um, that's where it all just came from. Started on a, on a little cast iron skillet on a, um, barbecue grill in a friend's backyard. And that first one was pretty good, but practice was the key and it just was fun to do. I can vouch for Kevin. He's a very curious guy. If he sees something online or hears about something, he wants to try it and do it. And I think that's awesome. And I, that's why I like work with him because we're both kind of challenging each other or trying to think of something different. And that's why it's so exciting for the future too, because you know, it's endless. Uh, obviously the trucks being mobile, et cetera. How are you guys kind of, putting your weeks together. I mean, at the time of this recording, we're what, September 22nd, unofficial first day of fall, even though it's 6 million degrees outside, you never know. You know, you guys are currently doing Thursday through Sundays, right? How far in advance do you know that schedule? I mean, it, obviously you're trying to stay pretty local. You're, you're looking at other breweries who may not have food programs or maybe don't have chefs on one day or something like that. But how do you decide? How do you lay out your week? How do you know where you're going to go? So after, oh, I'm like about six months into this, I think, um, after that amount of time, we've kind of, I think, locked in our Thursday through Sunday. Like I said, we wanted to make it simple for people to find us. Food trucks and food programs, or food truck programs, I guess, at breweries was always kind of a... Sporadic. Yeah. Yeah, it's always so a So you go like, oh, I'm hungry and I want to go to a brewery. Who has what truck? And they, they wouldn't post about it. Yeah. They wouldn't know who's where. Um, and then as we kind of started gaining our own followers, which was not usually how the food truck thing works. You're just at the brewery. No one comes for the food truck. They just go to the brewery and hope they have food. Um, so as we kind of had our own followers coming, following us to different places, we thought yeah, having a set schedule Thursday through Sunday or Wednesday through Sunday would be the smartest thing to do. So for the most part right now, we're kind of locked in um, our schedule Thursday through Sunday. And then we're kind of trying to look right now for some Wednesdays. We do catering during the day or at night on weekends or whatever, and we have free time, but, um, yeah. Yeah. We look for places, uh, we, we've worked hard this last, like you said, six months to find, um, breweries that people feel comfortable at, you know, they have good, um, patio space or good, or, you know, amenities like for dogs or for families, because that's kind of what we represent as a brand as well. You know, we're very all inclusive. So, it, you know, we'd, we'd like to pick up the, the bar here and there or other jo or gigs like that, but we, it, we love catering, you know, because uh, it just expands our brand as well as just we like to meet new people. Um, but, yeah, we've worked really hard to find, like, a good set schedule, like Kevin said, so people know that we're reliable. Like, we've only had a bail twice because literally, like, the, the food god said, nope, you're not working today. Like, yeah. there was nothing else that could keep us going from that point so yeah uh, uh, 
we take a lot of pride in that. Well, you brought up something that I'm really glad you did because I wanted to ask about it based on your popularity and success is that most of the time you go to a brewery because you want to go to that brewery. If there's a food truck there, great. I wonder what they have on the menu. Okay, that sounds good. I'll do that. That's generally the way that relationship works is you go there for the beer, you go there because again, in any brewery that doesn't allow dogs, if you have the outdoor space, should be put on a no fly list because breweries <laughs> and dogs are the same as breweries and food trucks. Yeah. But you guys, I say, that's an exception. I mean, if I know Hamburger is going to be somewhere around me, I'm going. Oh, there's a brewery too? Fantastic. I hope they make a great beer. Most of the ones around here do. So it's a happy side effect. What does that mean to you guys to know that it's, it's and, and this is not a knock against breweries. I want to make that very, very clear because every place that you guys go to and every place in Orange County, for the most part, makes phenomenal products. So this is not knocking breweries. Yeah, and that was important that they have good customer service, yeah. good product. Good product. You know, that, yeah. It kind of matches what we're trying to do. Well, what does exactly. it feel like to know that there are people that aren't going to the brewery and then hoping for a food truck. They're coming for Hammerburger. Oh, and it's also a kick-ass brewery. I mean, that's got to feel good. That's why we strap our boots every day yeah. and wait, start early and finish late, you know? Um, for me, for personally, just not to make it a whole company thing, but for me personally, getting into cooking is the, I, I wanted to put a smile on people's faces. I like, I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for you, so to speak. So to have people follow us and come back is just a testament of like the hard work that I put into my own little personal career, the hard work that Kevin and I do every freaking day, our staff that hustles every day for us and uh to be honest my parents that <laughs> i put them through a lot of ups and downs being a knucklehead oc <laughs> kid but like the one thing that they knew that i had a passion for was making art so yeah. like and they were able to kind of steer me in a direction where it made sense into being a job so and now it's a career and i love it so um i'm sure kevin can talk as well but that's for awesome me, it's just yeah. awesome that's awesome yeah, for me, like I said, it's, it started at my house and then grew to the Heritage pop-ups and then to the, uh, we were doing more pop-ups at Gunwale um, at the beginning of this year. And just knowing that there's a market for this product that, frankly, it's just a cheeseburger. <laughs> um, a very delicious cheeseburger. Right. I, I think a very unique. Yeah, Rihanna's just a singer. Well yeah, thought out fine. product <laughs> that I'm very proud of, but it's still, it's just a cheeseburger. You get those pretty much anywhere uh and at some places for a lot cheaper like a drive-through but um the fact that people will seek it out and follow us around uh just shows that it's you know it's got legs and um if this does end up making it to a brick and mortar one day we know that you know we have a product that yeah that people are going to kind of follow and i'm glad that you guys kind of mentioned the work that goes into this because obviously the the this not a stereotype but there's an understanding that hey if you want to open a spot that serves food, generally speaking, it's cheaper to go with a food truck. You have less staff, less overhead. Yes, the problems are different. They're no less expensive. Depends on what they are. But historically speaking, a lot of people have gone food truck first and then brick and mortar. Very famous people. I mean, probably the most notable, at least out here on the West Coast, would be Roy Choi, you know, Ludo Lefebvre, people like that Absolutely. to make that transition. That being said, for people that may not be aware of just how much work does go into this, would you guys be kind of candid enough to explain what a, so tomorrow, again, we're recording this Thursday, or I'm sorry, on Wednesday, tomorrow's Thursday, you guys have service tomorrow. What does a work day look like at Hammerburger? When, when do you start and, and when do you finally, you know, cry yourself to sleep? <laughs> so Thursday's happy, actually our, happy tears our too, longest day probably, so it's a good, good example. a good day for us actually. 
Uh, Thursday is our big cleaning day, so it's it's the beginning of our week. So we'll come in at 9 a.m. and um, that's when we receive all of our deliveries for meat, buns, all that kind of stuff. Um, our big day to prep for sauces and stuff for the week. So yeah, we're usually there about 9 a.m. We bring the truck over, scrub it out really good, clean the floors, clean everything, uh, clean the outside of it. Um, then we'll have to every pretty much every day we got to fill gas or propane or whatever uh, we'll pick up our um, the products we need there's at the commissary where the truck is parked they have a little kind of store inside so some of the stuff that we get is just from there you know paper products and stuff like that we'll load up and then we'll start prepping and then uh, we usually get a little couple hour break in the middle and then we're out doing service we always show up about an hour early to whatever location we're going to so Thursday we do um, bottle logic typically uh, five to ten so we'll, uh, Curtis will have to leave about 3.15, sit in traffic in the truck and to Yay. get there at 4. and No um, air conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> There's no air conditioning on the uh, truck? No. And no consideration for being a food truck. So it's uh, <laughs> I drive a little extra slow just to let the people zigzag in front of me. Cause it's like boy, being semi yeah. I used to be that asshole. And now I'm completely sympathetic for anybody that's driving anything bigger than a Ford truck. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, those are longer days. Friday is a little bit longer day. Then I mean, kind of as the weekend winds down, and we know we're prepped on sauces. We know you know everything's ready to go. The floors are ready. Um, day to day, it's dude. It's, honestly, they're ten to twelve hour days. Like Friday is just as long. So Friday yeah. we go to Restaurant Depot. I usually I usually get there by seven thirty. I'm on the truck by eight thirty. Kevin's there to greet me, uh, and you know we're ready again to pr- to prep product for the weekend. Saturday, you know, we start early, so I've got to get there by eight, eight thirty to prep meat for service at at noon. But I got to leave at ten. It's just, it's it's just a whole like routine that you stat- establish. So like Saturday and Sundays are different than Thursday and Friday, but they're all still long days. But you know what? It doesn't matter. It's yeah. a lot of fun. Well, yeah. and I have no doubt that right now somebody's listening, going, "Yeah, but they get Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off." Well, yes, yes. but also. I mean, there's still work to be done. I mean, obviously today's Wednesday and I'm, I'm having to drag you away from your free day to be on this you know, pokey little grease fire of a podcast. Oh, but wait, there's more. <laughs> we are going to start picking up Wednesdays. See? And so I'm even gonna, now, I'm this is just Kevin, By the time this is out, we'll, we'll be, we'll I'm be running Kevin Wednesdays. What are we thinking? Where are we going to be on Wednesdays? So Wednesdays, we're going to try, for the most part, to dedicate to South Orange County. So we'll be down kind of more in the San Clemente probably area. Um, but we're still kind of locking all that in. So check out our Instagram because so it's probably already done. Stay tuned. Check awesome. us out. Well, again, depending on when you're listening to this, they could already be down there so you can check schedules or maybe you're early and you're going to get ahead of time and you'll actually be able to beat the line because I have no doubt that there <laughs> will be one. Uh, guys, I don't want to take too much more of your time. This is your day off, obviously, before a long another four days of smashing patties into that griddle. Um, for people that may not already be following you on Instagram or they want to find the schedule, they want to check you guys out online, where can people do that as far as websites, social media goes? And then also your personal ones, too, if people want to reach out and bother you on there, if sure. you want to give them out. So Instagram is hammer.burger, and then the website is just hammerburger.com. Perfect. Nice and easy. Mm-hmm. You can friend me at, at KurtDog27. I don't care. I'll put that out there. Yeah. There you go. C-U-R-T-D-O-Double-G, Fools, 27. <laughs> and we have our calendar on the website. We post it in the stories on Instagram. We have a, a highlight for it on Instagram. So it's 
pretty easy usually to find out where we're at. But like I said, for the most part, we're, we're stuck on dedicated days at locations too. So until the Wednesdays. Perfect. Well, guys, thank you so, so much. Um, I'm a huge fan of what you guys do. I'm, I'm so happy for your continued success. And I, I can't wait until there's a fleet of these things cruising around South County, just smashing patties. Really appreciate you having us today. Thank yeah, you so much. For having us. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much to Kevin and Curtis for taking the time to sit down and talk all things Hammerburger. I hope you enjoyed the episode as well. As always, do not forget that you can get early ad-free access by going over to Patreon, like we said, or you can check it out later at thebestseats.com or wherever you are listening to your podcast. They are available on Amazon now. They should be integrated with Alexa soon, so you'll be able to yell at her and get all of that taken care of. Thank you, as always, to the advertisers to the show, especially the people who support every single day with a dollar or so on Patreon every single month, whatever that amount they sign up for. You make it possible. Thank you to all of you who do listen on free feeds. I could not do this without you as well. And to everybody, whether this is your first episode or the 63rd, thank you for the support. Thank you to the team at Hammerburger again. We will be back soon. we got some wild episodes coming up including one from a fresh cocktail competition. We're going to be sitting down with some bartenders, hopefully some distillery heads, and as always, more restaurants. Stay off Yelp. Be sure to tip your bartenders. People, stay safe, eat well, live well and often. I'll see you soon. Take care. The Best Seats Podcast is an original production of The Best Seats. It is written, edited, produced, and owned by myself, Crawford McCarthy, founder and principal of The Best Seats. It's based in Orange County, California. It is subsidized through generous monthly donations at patreon.com forward slash the best seats. The following are the names of those who subscribed at the highest monthly tier, aka norm status, and allow me to continue producing this show each and every month. As a thank you for their continued support, here are the names. Cheryl McCarthy, Serena Warino, George Pavlov, Eric Lutz, Pizza Guy 92, Loco Lipo, Tim Falk, Burrito Norito, Jay Baker, Sarah Hines. Thank you for your support.